Hi, the Brad Stuver journey. Now, I know you've gone through this before, but maybe this is a new audience for Brad Stuver, but uh, let me just quickly review it, okay? You're drafted out of Cleveland State by Montreal, stuck behind Maxime Crepeau, who's still in the league. Then it's Columbus behind Steve Clark, then Zach Steffen, uh, still in the league, both of them. Well, one's just back in the league. Then New York City FC, second fiddle to Sean Johnson. Then the move to Austin as a free agent. And you've been a regular in each of the last three seasons. You signed an extension in 2022, which could keep you through 26. And just to put it into numbers, nine appearances in your first nine seasons as a pro, 98 appearances in your three seasons at Austin. So the word that comes to mind, Brad Stuver, is perseverance. <laughs> is that the accurate word? Uh, I guess so, when you put it that way. It sounds a little bit more crazy when you put numbers on it. Well, tell me about it. I mean, <laughs> it is crazy. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously being drafted out of Cleveland State was something that was a little bit unexpected. Um, it was something new we didn't know much about uh mls at the time and going into montreal we didn't know like roster rules we didn't know any of that so kind of being dropped by montreal on the last day and then um figuring out what the the league pool goalkeeper situation was like was like a headache in itself but uh i mean i was very fortunate i've uh played with a lot of great goalkeepers that like you said are still in the league and still playing and doing extremely well and uh, I've learned a lot along the way, and I'm happy that I'm in Austin now. And um, It's been a fun project the last three years, and looking forward to the new season. I am certain that there is a goalkeeper listening who is a backup keeper at whatever level they are. So, And they're wondering, will I get a chance? When will I get a chance? Uh, how can they best deal with the stress? And that's a serious question. I mean, what, what are some of the strategies, some of your own just individual tactics on this? Uh, for me, it was just uh, a wealth of self-belief. Uh, I knew that the timing was going to have to be right on a move. Uh, I knew that I was going to have to find um, some place where the coach was going to be willing to give me a chance. And um, the stars kind of aligned for me when Austin came into the league. Obviously, Josh was the head coach. He was my assistant coach in Columbus. Obviously, Claudio Reyna was the GM in Austin. He was my GM in New York City. Uh, and my contract was up at New York City and I was a free agent. So kind of like these, all these stars were aligning for me and uh, it just happened at the right time. And then coming down to Austin, I just had to put the, the work that I had been putting in for the last eight years uh, into that preseason to make sure that this was my chance. And I made sure that uh, it was going to be the one that I took. But there had to be some difficult moments along the way where uh, when you're not playing or I know goalkeepers different than the outfield players, but still when a coach isn't playing you, uh, how do you maintain a level of confidence so that when you do get that chance, it works out? Yeah, it's really difficult, especially as a goalkeeper to kind of go into a team and try and play games so sporadically. Uh, obviously, as the season goes on, everyone kind of gets into a rhythm and it's very difficult to kind of plug into those games. Uh, I only played two MLS games with Columbus in the five years that I was with them. And I think over those five years, I learned a lot about myself and I learned a lot about what it takes to kind of stay mentally ready. But I also learned that um, it's very difficult to go into a scenario where you're going to play one game and kind of make that your highlight reel. I think too many players are so focused on when they do get a chance that they need to make it a memorable experience. 
Uh, instead, like when you get those chances, you just have to go out and perform at the level you know you can. Don't do anything extraordinary. Um, just kind of know that you've prepared yourself for that moment. And uh, when you get those chances, just go out and be the player that you are. And um, I think the right people will be watching and notice like how you play in those. Did you get a level of satisfaction for pushing the keepers that were ahead of you? Now, in training each day, that's certainly, I'm, I'm sure the coaches along the way uh, said similar things that, you know, you, you know, I, I know you're not playing, but you have to understand you're helping. But that's, that's difficult to accept. But did you, could you feel that? Yeah, I mean, it's never, it's never what you want to hear. Like, you hear coaches, like, come to you and saying, hey, you're training really well, but at the end of the day, like, this guy is our starter. He's playing really well, and he's going to keep playing. Um, it's a compliment in itself because you know that the work is being seen. You're being validated for everything that you're doing. Um, but as goalkeepers, only one can play. Rarely is there a substitution. And um, you have to prepare yourself like you're the starter, but then you don't play. So, like, this mental uh, exercise that you do, you train all week like you're going to play, and then on game day you don't play. Um, so goalkeepers, they always say that we're the weirdest ones of the bunch. Uh, I think for me, just well, what level of uh, accuracy is that pretty accurate, depending on what goalkeeper you're talking to. Um, but yeah, I so think you seem like one of the more normal keepers to me, but I, I, I like, uh, I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah, no, I yeah. think so. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was tough, uh, waiting and continuing to wait and thinking that, uh, this is going to be your chance and then it doesn't pan out going into another situation thinking that that could be your chance and that not working out um it's just staying true to yourself having people around you that uh believe in you just as much as you do uh and just knowing that if you keep grinding something will fall your way eventually and then you got that chance so 2022 and then you've had 20 uh 21 21 forgive me uh, yeah. then 22 and then 23 so 2021 uh, expansion side you know, what I recall is that there were certain matches where you were bombarded so you re you really had uh, I don't know what the statistics were to be honest with you in terms of saves and save percentage but you had a very good year because uh, you know it was a little difficult as an expansion side yeah I mean we've seen over the course of MLS history that expansion sides have had um, varying results as the season goes and uh, we were hit with a couple injuries in that first season that kind of made things a little bit more difficult. Obviously, you're building a uh, a team from scratch, and you don't have the the years of experience of bringing in um, players to make your team better. You're just trying to make a team at that point. And um, with the MLS roster restrictions and all that things, you're trying to make the team as uh, as good as possible. And then when you get hit with a couple injuries, players are playing out of position and um, it was a little tough, but I think um, we did a really good job of kind of creating a culture uh, in the city, creating a culture for the team, um, creating what Austin FC's identity was going to look like. And we've tried to carry that on uh, over the last two seasons from what we built in 2021. Well, 22 was uh, just fantastic. Uh, second in the conference, fourth in the overall MLS standings. And uh, just an exceptional season, Driussi with 25 goals. Uh, you only conceded, you know, maybe just a little over a goal a game. So uh, things had turned around then. Yeah, I mean, 2022 was a great year for us. Um, we had, I mean, we started the year 
extremely hot with 10 goals in the first two games. And uh, obviously Sebo had an MVP caliber season and it was great to see him playing at such a level. Um, for us in 2022, it was it was a difficult year as well. Uh, I think people can look back and just kind of see the success that we had, but there were a lot of games that um, we struggled in. There were a lot of games that we gave up early goals and we needed to come back from. Um, and there are just these moments throughout that season that kind of defined us and our ability to grind, our ability to get results on the road and all these different things. Um, it really was a testament to the locker room that we had and um, kind of just the year that that was in MLS. Uh, being in MLS for so long, you, you know that every year is going to be different. Every team is going to uh, show you something different. So uh, that success in 2022 was great. It was great to bring the fans the first ever playoff game, first ever playoff win. Uh, making it to the Western Conference Final was um, added bonus. Uh, obviously, the way we went out wasn't great, but ultimately LAFC uh, did their thing. So, Right, lost to LAFC in the, in the Western Final. Brad Stuver with us, Austin FC goalkeeper. And you got playoff games, which was that experience. Again, That that's another stack, uh, step, another level for you, yes? Yes. First time I ever played in a... MLS playoff game. Not the first time I've been in the playoffs, but first time I was on the field. So as we look towards 24, we have to reflect back on 23 because then the next year, uh, it, it, it's a it's a pretty monumental struggle in comparison to year two. No playoffs, 26th overall in the MLS standings. So uh, what happened as far as you can perceive as one of the leaders on the team? And then what do you do in 24 here you're preparing a preseason, but to uh, to correct what was a non-playoff year. Yeah, 2023 was another exercise where we had uh, a little bit of an injury issue throughout the year. Um, I think when we look back on it, we had eight different players play center back last year, when in 2022 we only had a rotation of maybe three players, four players that played center back. Um, so that really throws your chemistry. Eight? I think so. When we went back and counted, I think there was eight different players throughout the year that played center back. Wow. And one of them is Alex Ring, who is a natural center midfielder. Um, but he played a decent amount of games for center back for us. Um, so I That's mean, tough for you in particular. I mean, those two guys in front of you, uh, if you're playing four at the back, uh, are that relationship, that yeah. little triangle there is pretty important. Yeah, I mean, that rotation, losing Kolmanich, um with a knee injury as well, um, we were we were spread a little bit thin, and then asking Seba to put up another MVP caliber year um, in back-to-back seasons is always difficult. Um, he's a fantastic player. He's remarkable for our team and for our locker room. Um, and I think this year we're just kind of going into this with the expectation that um, we just need to maintain our health, maintain our chemistry that we've built here in the preseason, and utilize the guys the best way that we can. And um, we're not trying to go out there and say that we're going to re- replicate what we did in 2022, but um, our goal inside of our locker room is to make playoffs. We want to be a consistently good team in MLS, and in order to say that and in order to kind of be that, you have to make playoffs every year. As we close, I want to talk about a couple of things off the field. We've talked about it before. You and your wife, Ashley, have been working on the laundry project since 2016. We saw how you operated uh, in the Bronx when you were with New York City FC, uh, and you followed through in Austin? Yes. Yeah, so we started with the laundry project when we were in Columbus. Uh, We brought it to the Bronx with us when I played in New York. Um, It's 
Uh, it's an amazing project that I'm very thankful that I'm a part of. Uh, we brought it to Austin. The fans have been great. The community has been great. Um, we hold projects two to three times a year in Austin. We try and do multiple locations at each one. Um, I'm happy to say that it continues to grow. We're uh, kind of recruiting different players from different markets. Uh, we have players in Charlotte doing it now. We, we're hoping to get some players in the Nashville area to do it. I know that New York City has held a couple since I've left. Um, just Can you describe exactly what, what it is? What's the project? Yeah, so the laundry project is uh, we go into a, a lower-income neighborhood and we fundraise money and laundry supplies, and we go into a public laundromat uh, on project day and then for three hours anybody that walks through the door will pay for their laundry services they can use our supplies they can take it home at the end of the day uh, we also partner with local businesses to bring in whether it's coloring books for the kids that are in there um, we bring in school supplies sometimes uh, i know in austin right after the uvalde shooting we did a school supply drive and when we went down and did the laundry project we also partnered with 4ATX Foundation, our charity arm at Austin FC, and they did a school supply drive. So anybody that showed up could take notebooks, pencils, pens, uh, all these things. And the idea is just to um, kind of give back to the community that we play in and um, offer these services that some of us don't think about. And it's something that we take for granted because a lot of us just have laundry services in our apartments, in our houses, all these things. And it's not something that uh, we really think about. Texas, uh, not necessarily involved in the politics, but you're on the board of directors for Equality Texas. Describe what that is. Yeah, so when I moved to Texas, I got connected with Equality Texas, which is the largest LGBTQIA plus uh, nonprofit working in Texas. Um, their main goal is grassroots education, grassroots grassroot mobilization, and full equality and equity for the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, sitting on the board of directors, uh, I oversee um, kind of the direction that the organization is going. But more than that, I like to kind of consider myself a volunteer for the organization as well. Uh, I try and help out when they have events um, during state legislative sessions. Equality Texas is very active in the state capitol fighting for the rights of the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, and it's an organization that I'm extremely proud to be a part of. Uh, this is my third year on the board, and I've taken on a little bit more responsibility within the boardship. So it's something that I'm very proud of and looking forward to continue working with. Is it met at all with resistance? We know some folks uh, feel one way and some feel another. Yeah, I mean, with anything, there's always going to be pros and cons of um, these type of things. And in Texas, especially, there is resistance and you can see just kind of across the political spectrum that there's all types of things. But I've had some backlash. I've had some hate. But uh, we have that in soccer, too. So uh, it's nothing I haven't faced before. One final thing, and uh, this is kind of legendary stuff. Verde and black IPA? Is that right? Why didn't I know this until I like looked back into you again? Yeah, so there we have a local brewery, Hop Squad Brewing Company. Um, I've partnered with them on three occasions now. Um, they brew beer, and they've partnered with me. Part of the proceeds for each beer go to a nonprofit of my choosing. Um, we've done the Laundry Project. We've done Equality Texas, and then we've done Out Youth, uh, another LGBTQIA plus uh, nonprofit in Austin. And they brew the beer. I just kind of come up and 
see how the process is done. I'm not actually brewing because I don't trust myself to help them. Um, I, no, so I thought it was your product, though. No, you, you, no, you didn't have anything to do with the the the. Uh, so I just got to the help. mix. No, so they brought me in the one time, and I got to pour the hops in. <laughs> okay, like the super easy stuff where it's yeah. just like, okay, pour the hops in. Then like they they're really good about like telling you how the process works. But no, it's just a, a local partnership with local business in Austin that are giving back to the community initiatives that we work with. Now, is this in most pubs? Because New York City's coming to Austin this year. And I would like to go in and have a Stuver IPA. Well, the Hop Squad is right around the corner from the Q2 Stadium, so I'm sure they would be happy to host you whenever you're in Austin.